You found it. The home of red-blooded American patriots. The Patriot Review with Jeff Wagner starts now. Hello, Patriots. Welcome to episode 105 of the Patriot Review. This episode is Pastors for Trump, and we have Pastor Jackson Laumeyer, who's going to be on shortly. I am going to try to get up and running the CloudHub chat and get it on the screen here so we can talk a little bit about what's going on in the United States, especially uh, focusing on the uh, repeated shooting down of objects coming over our airspace. And another one just before I got on the show here, another one shot down this time over uh, Lake Huron, I believe. So the Great Lakes was area region was airspace was shut down for a while today and that uh, was shot down. So we'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, before we do, though, I want to just talk to you about uh, the documentary that I have coming out. Um, we have had legal review of that documentary, and um, it looks like that is on schedule sometime in March will be the release date, uh, sooner rather than later. Still working on it, getting some final edits done, and getting the narration uh, narration script finalized and then recorded and edited so we're, we're working hard on that you'll see a couple ads for that during the show it's called breaking the oath i'll talk about it at the end of the show talk about who's on the, on uh, the documentary who's involved and stuff for you so hang around for that uh, before we do that though i want to get to jackson's interview and um, it, was a, it was a pleasure talking with uh, pastor about what's going on in america um, what the churches should be doing what they haven't been doing uh, what his efforts are, what Pastors for Trump is all about. So we're going to show that. And uh, after that, we'll have a quick commercial break. I'll be back then to go into the chat room. Hopefully, I can get that all set up correctly. So take a look, and we'll be back soon. I'd like to welcome to the Patriot Review, Mr. Jackson Lawmeyer, who is uh, coming to us and talking to us about Pastors for Trump. Jason, welcome to the show. Hey, hey, how are you doing? It's good to be on, and thanks for having me. Uh, well, I'm having senior citizen moments, as I always do, but uh, I'm doing well. Thank you, sir. So tell us a little bit about your background first for people who aren't familiar with you. I know that you do quite a few interviews and you're out and about, but uh, why don't you give us a little background first? Absolutely, yeah. So my wife, Kendra and I, we are the pastors of Sheridan Church here in Tulsa, Oklahoma, uh, but I'm also the head of Pastors for Trump, which is a national organization made up of uh, we'll call them patriot pastors from all 50 states that are behind the president for the 2024 uh, race that is taking place. And, uh, you know, I just uh, do my best to encourage people in the fight that we're in because so many are disillusioned right now and feel hopeless right now. And things are bad. There's no doubt about it. The State of the mm -hmm. Union is not well. Uh, you can't <laughs> cover that. It's not well. However, we have tremendous hope, and uh, the more pastors who get engaged, uh, the more hope that we have because our hope is not in a political party. Uh, our hope is not in a you know candidate from any one party. Our hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and, and God is the only answer to the problems that we face in this nation. And so we're rallying pastors uh, to get involved in the fight that we're in. Excellent. Well said. So why President Trump, as far as uh, the candidates go, if the, I agree with you 100%, the answers are not just with one person. It's, In my opinion, it's more the answers are universal and coming back to God and 
that's the one thing when people talk about the greatest generation, the, the one thing that's really missing is that foundation of faith. And today, more than ever, I think we've gotten to this place in time where, you know, we're, we're at, I think we are in a time right now that is the most, most dangerous time that has ever been experienced by humanity on earth. And I don't know if you share that, but why President Trump and how does he impact that in your mind? Absolutely. It's a great question. So let me say this. Obviously, we both recognize, and I'm sure everyone who is viewing this recognizes, the State of the Union is not well. Uh, We are struggling on all fronts. Our economy is dismal. Our educational system is beyond dysfunctional. Our media is corrupt and deceptive. Uh, We are funding wars and avoiding peace, securing other nations' borders while leaving ours wide open. Our enemies no longer fear us and our friends no longer trust us. Our nation's in dire trouble. And the underlying root to all of this is the spiritual sickness uh, in the United States of America. And that is why so many people are disillusioned and hopeless because they see all the symptoms and they're not really sure how do we solve all of these issues. But the underlying issue is the spiritual disease that we are facing. And in order to make America truly great again, economically, educationally, militarily, on all the different fronts, to make America great again, we first have to make America godly again. And that's the root issue there. And so that's why I say our hope is not in a candidate or political party. Our hope is in the Lord. Now, with that being said, We have a presidential race coming up in 2024. The Bible tells us that whenever the wicked rule, the people groan. But when the righteous rule, the people rejoice. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are wicked. Bottom line, they're Mm -hmm. wicked individuals. And right now, what are American citizens doing? They're groaning. I mean, think about it. The price of eggs. Eggs. You can't even afford eggs. Uh, We've got a, a Chinese balloon. Uh, crossing the entire continental United States of America. Craziness right now, because wickedness is ruling. So therefore, we need to put in a righteous man or a righteous woman in office. And it is our opinion as pastors that Donald Trump has been the most pro-Christian president in our lifetime. Uh, You cannot name another president that advanced the cause of the Christian movement or moved the needle as much as Donald Trump did in its first term. I mean, just think about it. The three Supreme Court justices that he put into that position are the reason why Roe v. Wade has been overturned, sent back to the states, and a state Mm -hmm. like mine is now in the position to be an abortion-free state. You have the Abraham Accords. You know, before people people blow their minds on that comment, you know, the whole Roe versus Wade thing, what what I think what people don't understand is that it's it's – Technically, it was technically flawed to to actually, you know, to, to keep it going for 50 years because in a pure constitutional sense, those are the decisions that have to be made by the states because the government, right. federal government's not granted that power. So that's I think that's what uh, even if, even if you're you know a pro-lifer and it, it's even beyond that. And I think not enough people understand that technically those judges did the right thing. Regardless of faith, they did the right thing. Yeah, constitutionally speaking, they did the right right thing. But they are a result of Donald Trump. They're a result of Donald Trump and the Abraham Accords. And and the one thing that I think is telling is moving the embassy to Jerusalem. 
every president, you had Clinton, Bush, Obama, and so forth, they all promised in the campaign trail uh, that they were going to make that move. None of them did. Trump promised it, but then he did it. So listen, do we think that Donald Trump is a perfect human being? Absolutely not. We know his past. We know his history. The one thing I'll tell you about Donald Trump, he's no hypocrite. He doesn't try to present himself to be something that he's not. And right. so we respect his honesty. Uh, his values align with our values. And therefore, we're totally behind him. And I believe that it's nothing against Ron DeSantis. It's nothing against Nikki Haley or whoever else may be jumping into the race. It's just not their time. Uh, this is Donald Trump's party for now. Uh, he will be the nominee of the Republican Party in 2024, so we might as well get on the Trump train now, stay unified. We have an objective here, and that is to take back the White House in 2024, which uh, I believe we will do. I do, too. You know, and I, I, I think that when you were talking a little bit ago about, you know, when there's evil, the people moan and people obviously are speaking up now. But people also spoke up against against Trump, but you have to look at their motivations. And I think the motivations are, are obvious for anybody who's spending any amount of time. I mean, this whole New World Order uh, issue is real, and they want to, to slam that down our throats, and they want to destroy our country. And if, if you can't, for those of you that are watching right now, if you can't look at what's happening and look at the two different justice systems that we have in this country now, completely against our constitutional rights. You look at the J6ers, now Now Kevin McCarthy has supposedly said that all of that footage will be released. So those people, in my mind, will be vindicated. And then, you know, for, for any, any, um, any folks who are on the left who might watch this, you know, it, it, it vindicates and it verifies that these people were persecuted, not prosecuted. And you have to ask yourself why that is. And the only conclusion you can come to is that this regime is evil. That is no. it. You can't come to any other conclusion. Uh, this this regime is demonic in nature. Look at what they push and try to advance. Uh, our nation's in so much trouble right now. That's the bottom line. Now, that being said, we have to be honest where we are. A lot, a lot of people, you know, they, they don't want to identify the problem. We're in a lot of trouble, but we're not without hope. The, right. the Bible tells us that those who forget God, they have no hope. And the reason so many in this country feel hopeless is because so many have forgotten God. But if those who forget God have no hope, then the reverse would be true. Those that remember God, what are they going to possess and what are they going to have? They're going to have hope because Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. And he is not finished with this nation just yet. Now, what that doesn't mean is God's going to wave a magical wand over the country. And solve all of our problems overnight, and we're just going to, oh, my gosh, you know, it's all better. That's not how God operates. God uses people to solve problems, just like the enemy uses people to create problems. The enemy right. uses Joe Biden. The enemy uses Kamala Harris to Nancy Pelosi. You just go down the list to create problems. Well, God wants to use people like you and I to solve the problems, and we begin by prayer. Dr. Billy Graham said in order for America to get back on its feet, the people of God have to first get down on their knees. There's still power. I know it's a cliche, but there's still power in prayer because it's in that time of prayer that we also hear from God. God hears us, but we hear from God about how to be problem solvers. God gives us ideas, insight, 
innovative ways to go about doing things that maybe have never been done before. So we begin with prayer, but we have to move beyond prayer in the sense of putting action to our prayers. Yes, right. we pray about it. We begin there. But it's in our time of prayer that the Lord gives us those ideas, those innovative thoughts, those insights to put action to the prayers. And if we will be problem solvers, I'm telling you, we can turn this country around because the power of God operates through his people. We just have to be the vessels and be used. Yeah, and I believe that 100 percent. I think I think, you know, that when we talk about all these things that you know are doom and gloom and, and negative, you have to because you have to identify the issues. You have to do that. But I do think that, um, I don't know if you were, were you at the Moment of Truth Summit? I was uh, unable to be there. I was invited to be there, but I was unable to. So the interesting thing, and I've mentioned this a couple times on my show, is that um, Mike Lindell had an amazing setup where he had the buffet going nonstop. And you go in there, if you want, you still see the speaker speaking because they had, you know, big screens in there. But what was interesting is that every time I went in there, I sat around a table with other people and we were talking and and it was mainly content providers like yourself and me and people who were out and talking about all this stuff. And uh, every one of them described a story as to, you know, I wasn't expecting to do this, but somehow I got put in the position that I'm in and I'm doing this. And it's the same thing for me. You know, I've told my story. I was I was uh, diagnosed with a disability and out of the corporate world for 30 years. And here I am. Never dreamed I'd be doing this. But I love it because I'm passionate about it. And the thing that, uh, faith aside, the thing that people have to know is it doesn't matter if you're, if you're a non-Christian and you're listening to this conversation it's still a question of right versus wrong. It's still a question of, you know, what do you want for the, your legacy? You know, after three generations or four generations, we're pretty much forgotten, let's face it. I mean, it's, that's, you know, so what is your legacy? There's no better legacy than than, leave, than uh, leaving a, a nation that is free and allows for those constitutional rights to be carried out. And the only reason I, I you know, I, I push back a little bit on the, the Christianity side is that it, it really doesn't matter. There's right and wrong, right? And you have to look at what's right and wrong. And I, I guess my hope is that when people start really thinking about that, that is their gateway to discover their faith again. Because if you if you admit that there's a right or a good, you also have to understand then that there's something evil. There's something on the opposite side. And so many people today, they seem to think, you know, that evil is, ah, you know, people can do their own thing as long as it doesn't affect me. And, you know, what do you, what do you think about that, that particular issue where people just kind of look the other way? And this includes pastors and congregations, right? Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. We've kind of reached the point where I, I don't know if we've, come to the point where we don't believe in evil what we've done is we call evil good and we call that which is good uh evil we, we persecute the good and we promote uh the evil i mean the grammys is a great example of that <laughs> yeah. uh from the other night but yeah. you know in the midst of the grammys well neither did i not a whole lot of people didn't actually so thank goodness for that but you see uh throughout all the twitter feeds just constant pictures of the grammys but one of the things that hasn't been mentioned too much is in the state of New Mexico, uh, the Temple of Satan is offering now 
abortions under the guise of religion and ritual sacrifice. Now, you think about that for a minute. In the United States of America, uh, wow. abortion is now being offered under the umbrella of ritual sacrifice. Uh, that just goes to show you we have reached kind of a point of it's a why. Uh, we're, we're going one way or the other. And so, yeah, just the recognition that evil does exist. Good does it. We see there's great people in this country that do great things all of the time. But there are also very evil people in this country oh, who are doing extremely wicked things. And so, yeah, it's a battle between good and evil. And the bottom line, you get to pick a side. You can choose good or you can choose easel, evil. But that decision is extremely important. And we need more people awaking to that reality. Absolutely agree. And, it, you know, you got to ask yourself or you got to if, you, if you're out there and you're sitting on the fence, then you don't have a right to complain when they start kicking your doors in and they start coming for you because you said something wrong or you right the system in some way. You know, well, here's the reality. If they're going to go after someone else at some point, they will come after you. You can say, well, it's not affecting me. It may not be affecting you right now, but you can count on it. Uh, they're not just going to stop. And it's really a revolution. And in, in every violent revolution that's ever happened, they eat their own. You know, once sure. once they get their power, they start eating their own because they start viewing those people as threats to their own power. Uh, history's proven that over and over again, especially in the French Revolution. Right. Um, so, yeah, so, but pastors in, in particular, I'd like you to say, now, if, you, if I'm a pastor and I'm one of those pastors that uh, isn't really leading his flock the way he should be, what are your words to that pastor? Well, it's, we have a responsibility. Uh, God has positioned us as shepherds uh, of his flock, and so we have a responsibility to protect the flock from wolves and danger. And part of our flock are children. This is, I'll just take one point here, children. And the children in our flock, you know, they may spend an hour at our church every Sunday, but Monday through Friday, they are in a public school system more than likely where they are being bombarded, bombarded with gender confusion and racial hatred. Therefore, as pastors, we have a responsibility to defend the children in this nation. In fact, every single person in this country has a responsibility to defend children in this nation. And so on that issue alone, and I'm talking about any other issues, we can just talk about the issue of what children are going through because you have an entire generation that is not being taught mathematics at school, but is being taught pronouns at school, an entire generation. And so we have to engage in that. And as a pastor, I don't know how you can't. I don't know how you can't see the kids in your church and know what they're being taught Monday through Friday, from morning to late afternoon. They're at our church one hour a week. Think about it. What's going to make a bigger, what's making the bigger impact? They're being indoctrinated every single day. So we have to stand up. We have to get involved. We have to get engaged. As a pastor, you don't just have the right to do it. You have the responsibility to do it. And, and that would be my encouragement. It's your responsibility. I like that. And I hope that they take that to heart. Um, you mentioned the the Church of Satan and the sacrifices. Yeah. You know, in the end, all of this, and I made this point a few shows ago, all of this comes down to who's who are the primary victims. In every case, it's children. I mean, when you sure. look at everything, it's even the fact that that place is exists exists and is 
making that statement. I mean, if you are silent about something, you condone it, in my mind. So well, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who experienced the horrors of Nazi Germany, he was a pastor during this time when many pastors were silent. Yeah, many pastors yep. were silent in Nazi Germany. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who actually lost his life for uh, attempting uh, an assassination on Adolf Hitler. Can you think about that? A pastor was trying to assassinate yep. uh, Adolf Hitler. How would uh, some Christians respond to that today? But uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer said, not to speak is to speak. Yes. Not to act is to act, and God will hold us responsible. And uh, I think that sentiment is true today as well. I think so as well. And, you know, it kind of blew my mind way back in 2012 when the Democrats um, took God out of their platform completely. And yep. to me, that was a big red flag, and, and people were just kind of accepting of it and didn't really say too much about it, all the way to this last election where we have we have one party that is, some of their members are advocating for, you know, um, basically murder up to 30 days after birth, right? Yeah. I mean, that that is the point in time where I knew we were at that why you're talking about. When, when you can do that and you can have that conversation without every person in America being disgusted by it, <laughs> right. right? And then they go out and they vote for that party. I mean, I, you know, I'm... I'm not a loyal Republican either. As a matter of fact, I think it's it's a uniparty and and it's about power and greed. But but that that's where I knew that you know. And well, if you just take the two party platforms, I'm not I'm not saying Republicans honor the party platform because right. most of them do not. But if you take the two party platforms, the Democratic and the Republican, and you compare them, they're not even close. Right. And a Christian cannot support the Democratic Party platform. Uh, the Republican Party platform aligns with our values. Unfortunately, the people we put into office who are supposed to uphold that platform, as you know, most of the time they don't. Right. So so tell us about, you know, what you've been involved in so far and what you're looking to do in the future, if you would. Yeah, well, you know, I, uh, I'm a pastor first and foremost. Uh, that's what I love to do, love to preach the gospel because I think the gospel – uh, changes and transforms the lives of people from the inside out. And so uh, that's just uh, my passion. However, I did run for the United States Senate uh, in 2021, leading up to 2022, and I had a time of my life. I had no idea what I was really getting into, but when General Michael Flynn calls you and says you're going to run for the U.S. Senate, right. you say yes, sir, and you figure <laughs> it out as you go. And so uh, I met some great people along the way, became very good friends with Roger Stone and, and Mike Lindell and Mayor Rudy Giuliani and so many others. So that was a great experience and it grew me and stretched me and caused me to kind of be in the position where I am now. Uh, we're leading Pastors for Trump. This is a mobilization effort because we recognize that the largest voting block in America is the evangelical voting block. It's the largest one by far. The problem is not so much convincing evangelicals to vote for the Republican Party and the Republican nominee just because the value system's right. That's an easy sell. The hard sell is actually getting Republicans or evangelical Republicans to turn out and vote. The voter turnout is so low among the evangelical voting bloc. So how do we turn them out in 2024? We mobilize pastors because Christians, they listen to the pastors. That doesn't mean the pastor has to get up from behind the pulpit and say, you need to go out and vote for Donald Trump. That's not what we're saying you need to do. Here's what we're saying. You need to go out and vote and you need to vote what you believe. You accomplish those two things, get out and vote 
and vote what we believe, Donald Trump will be president of the United States in 2024 if evangelicals will turn out and vote accordingly. And so that's our effort right now. And uh, we're off to the races. We're having a great time, having great success. Don't buy the nonsense from the media that Trump is losing the evangelical support. That's not true. There are some prominent evangelical leaders that have said we're not going to endorse during the primary. But I'll promise you, the moment that Trump is the nominee, which he will be the nominee, those evangelical leaders that are kind of straddling the fence, mm -hmm. uh, they will be on their hands and knees begging for access uh, to Donald Trump. So my suggestion is you might as well just get on board now. He's going to be the nominee. Yeah, I agree. And you know, people can maybe sit in their living room and have a cup of coffee like I'm doing right now and write a checklist down as to what their values are. And then yeah. just you know, see see which candidate actually has those values and has demonstrated those values, and it makes it an easy choice, right? Um, it's not a hard it's yeah. not a hard sell to say, hey, you should vote for the Republican nominee on the issue of life, whatever you want to go through. That's that's an easy sell. The mm -hmm. hard sell is getting out to vote, which right. is crazy to me. You know, that's that's the harder sell. So it's yeah. a mobilization effort. It's going to be even harder because people people know that that Trump won. The last right. election and um, a lot of people are going to be disheartened and say what's the point yeah. well the point is that if you don't go you will definitely not be happy with the result so yeah you right have to, you have to you just have to um okay so that is awesome and i you know i'd like you just to rec uh, tell us about where your website is your social media pages what's sure. your handle there yeah so uh, pastors for Trump. It can be the number four or F-O-R, pastorsfortrump.com. Every single month, we have a national prayer call that is not just for pastors or ministry leaders. This is for anybody that just has a concern for the nation and would like to come together with other believers and pray for the country. So uh, Pastors for Trump is much larger than just pastors. Obviously, our target is to mobilize pastors, but uh, anybody can go to pastorsfortrump.com register for our monthly prayer calls, support uh, what we're doing in our efforts to reach more and more pastors. And uh, if somebody would like to go listen to my podcast, which is called Unfiltered, they can just search Jackson Lawmeyer on Google. It'll take you to either Rumble or YouTube or Facebook, all the different platforms, you know, we're on them all. And so pastorsfortrump.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Hey, thanks. Thank you. You're welcome. Speaking of prayers, would you lead us in one to close out the interview here? Absolutely. I'd love to. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, so much for all that you do to us and through us and for us. And God, right now, we come to you on behalf of our nation because so many people, they really are groaning. Uh, we recognize that wickedness is rampant throughout the nation, but it's our prayer. Uh, that one day out of Washington, D.C., justice would flow like a river and righteousness like a never-ending stream from coast to coast. And, Father, we ask that you would help us uh, to be a part of solving the problems. We recognize, Lord, that apart from you, we can do nothing. Uh, but through you, we can do all things and even help solve the problems in this country. So we pray for an awakening in the United States of America and we pray for discernment and wisdom for President Trump. God, we know there's got to be thousands of different voices speaking to him, trying to move their agenda forward. May you give him wisdom. May you give him divine discernment uh, to know what to listen to and what to receive and what to reject. So, Father, we thank you that you are not finished with this country. You are not finished with America because you're not finished with us. 
And so, Lord, we just ask that you would help us. You'd give us wisdom uh, to be the vessels that to do something great in the United States of America, that we may help make America great again by making America godly again. So, Father, we bless you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for that, Jackson. Absolutely. Thanks for uh, the opportunity to pray. You bet. Um, I do that occasionally. You know, it depends on who's who's on, and people like that. And I'm glad. I'm glad we had that prayer. It's a beautiful prayer. So thank you. Um, I'd love to have you back and talk about things again when you know we, we see ourselves closer to the election. It'd be great. Absolutely. Anytime. You just let me know. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. that you know what you're doing. My dad's yelling at them to reverse what they did. My mom's screaming to save our little girl. Are you not seeing her because she has Down syndrome? No doctor or nurse stepped foot in there and they all stayed stationary in that hallway. And the fact that we're yelling and they're telling us that she's DNR and not acting on it, we had no knowledge or consent until when we were asking them to save her. And not one person stepped foot in that room. How can you do that? How can you allow an innocent person, a child, she's only 19 years old, die in front of your eyes? You don't do that. If you're human, you don't do that. A DNR bracelet was never put on her. Because if one was put on her, I would have called my parents as soon as I saw that to ask them what the heck is going on. We don't just need food, we need to eat food with a high nutritional value. Who wants to just survive food shortages? Let's thrive in times of adversity and lack. Optimize your daily nutrition and ensure you and your family have our two-year shelf-stable kingdom fuel as a cornerstone of your emergency food supply. Don't sacrifice your health or your taste buds. Stock up on kingdom fuel now. We're about news, commentary, conversations, truth, liberty, and God. We stand for American values and our flag. We believe that the Constitution is a document that fortifies rights already given to us by our Creator. We will not apologize for our love of God and country, ever. We are right, America media. Um, I did manage to set up the Cloud Hub stream here. So um, eventually I'm going to be pushing this more and more. So hopefully we get people that come to join uh, in on the discussion and this will be where that is. So for now, anyway, I'm planning on CloudHub being the home for that. That may change um, depending on how everything goes here. And the, the dialed-in portion is going to be part of the Patriot Review or a separate show. I haven't decided that yet either. But I'd like your feedback on that to decide or help me decide what uh, what might be the best option there. So. Excuse me. If you want to uh, just email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com or just comment on postings about this, um, I welcome your feedback. So back to uh, 
back to the pastor and what we talked about and that discussion, you know, um, I, I recently in working in the documentary, uh, on the documentary, uh, during the oath, uh, I had an interview with Dr. Bartlett, who you, you all, you've all heard of if, uh, if you followed the COVID debacle, of course, and everybody that watches my show has, so wouldn't surprise me if, uh, there's very few of you that haven't heard of him. Anyway, he brought up something, uh, the normalcy bias, and I think that that is what so many people are struggling with right now, is that we have one side that are trying to normalize things that are so absolutely, you know, over the line, uh, things like pedophilia, trying to normalize it by calling it, um, you know, um, what is it, youth attracted or something like that it's just insanity the things that we're seeing and the normalcy bias being that you know we have a normal state we, we're used to the status quo we're used to uh, what we consider normal and what we're seeing all these things around us and even in the news and this is where you know i was leading with this is that even in the news you know we have uh the war in the ukraine and there's you know, there's there's articles coming out now about whether or not we we have a nuclear risk or not. And I know I have one one follower who didn't like me comment on uh, commenting or posting on that, saying you know we don't need to we don't need to scare people. And it's not my intention to scare people, but when you have a leader of a country saying that nuclear weapons are an option, um, and they're at war, it's not just you know it's not just uh, it's not just anybody making that threat. This is a guy who, in Putin, who has said that he would use them if, you know, the United States interfered too much. So our response is sending tanks. And now we have, you know, the Chinese who are sending spy balloons over our country. And so that impacts the normalcy bias. That impacts the normalcy bias and why we feel... Um, uncomfortable and not knowing what's going to happen in our in our immediate immediate future future here so the ukraine will take that first um ukraine we are going to be looking at i think a uh, a spring offensive and i think that that's going to be coming within the next i don't know 20 days or so depending on the weather and it's going to be a lot more deliberate a lot more thorough um I know that there are estimates of you know 700 aircraft, 1,800 plus tanks, um, more ar artillery. It's going to be more conventional warfare, I think, is what the general thinking is, and 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 drag on much more, uh, kill many more people, and you know here we are as the United States, and we're more concerned about the Ukrainian border, and it's uh, it's terrible, it's tragic. Um, but it's also sickening, and again, against the normalcy bias, when the people in the in the positions of power and leadership can look at you and say, um, you know, we're gonna, well, we recognize the sovereignty of this country, and we're gonna spend billions of your dollars, we're gonna spend so much of your money that we're not really even telling you what where it's going, and that's nothing new. But you know, and at the same time, we're gonna we're gonna let in uh, anybody who wants to come, come across our border. And the news put out this week that 
the number of Chinese and the number of Russians that are coming across the border are uh, unprecedented. And you know, you have Middle Eastern males, you have generally um, many single males of fighting age, which is uh, scary, really, when you think of it. And the, the normalcy bias, the normalcy is going to shift because of what they're doing, and that is what's being done on purpose. It is, and it, it's a siren in your head that's going off because it's advanced warning. You know it's not normal. You know it's not what it's supposed to be, and that normalcy bias is is being shifted, and we have to stand up and say no, we don't accept that. Interesting on my website, you know, I can tell where somebody is from and what pages they're looking at and that sort of thing. And I find it interesting that you know I get I get uh, uh, Washington D.C. Uh, coming on my site and I I get uh, you know 80 minutes on one one page in particular. And um, I have no doubt whatsoever that uh, that I'm being watched and, and looked at. And it's also sickening to me because of that normalcy bias. Our normalcy bias would say that, you know, hey, there's there's uh, there's real threats to be worried about. Um, I have said countless times that I don't condone violence, and I have said you know, countless times that I believe that the rights that are set forward and are are uh, Declaration of Independence and our, our Bill of Rights and you know, the Constitution, all of our founding principles, I believe, apply equally. So I don't see skin color that way. And yet, that's what they are painting all of us as who really believe in what the country stands for. They're painting us as the, the radical ones, the, one that, the ones that aren't normal, the racist ones. And I think that that impacts everything and it's being done on purpose and I think that when it comes to the Ukraine, that we are going to see uh, quite possibly a, a slide into a world war because of the situation in Ukraine. And again, you know, that's just my opinion. I'd love to hear your opinion. You can you can comment on my social media. You can email me at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com, whatever you want to do. But that's my thinking, and my fear is that you know, with the other side of the story that's coming out this week, which is, you know, shooting down all these objects, um, to me, that's an act of war. And um, I'm also not naive enough to not understand that, you know, the United States hasn't and doesn't, you know, continue to spy. I know, I know we do. And, uh, you know, so I'm not, I don't have my head uh, in the sand, but when China comes out and and now they're mocking us, they're mocking us as Americans, they're mocking our leaders, which <laughs> frankly I can understand. But uh, looking at all this is also a challenge to normalcy. I don't remember ever, with the exception of 9/11, of having a threat over over our land and uh, in our airspace, you know, in encroaching on our sovereignty. And I just think. If we're going to have a border that's completely porous on the U.S.-Mexican border, what's the difference between having that or having anything and everything float above our our country? What is the difference? There there really is no difference. Yet, you know, you hear the rhetoric and the pushback and the the airspace being closed down and those things. 
you know, and it just it makes me scratch my head because there's no there's no difference if we're accepting the violation of our laws and allowing any risk whatsoever to come across our border. Um, you know, then then can we really complain about what's coming on over our airspace? To me, you know, neither neither should happen. But I think that um, you know we're looking at it and we're 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 all saying to ourselves this is becoming overwhelming. Whether it's you know first of all I was wrong and and people people within my own family even mocked me about uh, COVID and the COVID jabs and what's happening now. What's happening is more and more research has proven that the jabs are dangerous. More and more doctors are finally speaking up. Some doctors are you know, uh, finally being courageous in, in saying what they should have said a long time ago. But there are plenty that haven't haven't really come to the conclusion that, you know, there may there may come a day when they are sitting in the on the in the courtroom and the excuse I was just doing what I was told is not going to work for them, just like it didn't work for those in the Nuremberg trials. And um you know, it's an unfortunate thing that so many people are losing their lives. And that's what the documentary is about in particular. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that when I come back right after this. is full of electromagnetic fields that even though we can't see them are affecting our bodies our sleep and even our ability to think clearly the advent of 5g is only making this worse there is an answer visit fix the world by clicking the link in the patreon review show description below to view natural products that can actually protect you from emf and 5g and even improve your sleep skeptical Get the free Dangers of EMF Radiation ebook 
free by clicking on its direct link also in the show description. You can also learn more by watching episode 62 of the Patriot Review. Hey Patriots, it's Jeff Wagner. I love my pillow products. I use them. I can say that they are simply the best quality that you will find anywhere. And you can help us all out, all Patriots, including Mike Lindell, in our mission to restore America by going to MyPillow.com today and using code TPR. That stands for the Patriot Review, so it's easy to remember. TPR. Save up to 66%. You can also order by calling 800-519-9927. Again, that's 800-519-9927. Thank you, and God bless. Ignore the thought police and subscribe or follow the Patriot Review. It's your patriotic duty. Hello, welcome back. Now, we were talking about normalcy bias. We were talking about... uh, the the events that are occurring in the United States with the sovereign airspace infringement by China, talking about the Ukraine before we went to break. Um, but just think about how many things are really happening and how much really I think that we as citizens are being overwhelmed with. And if it doesn't if it doesn't make you uh, upset, angry, or fed up, or whatever you want to say. When you're looking at the fact that most of it is coming from our own government. Now, there's these other things from the outside, but in the end, it's the mismanagement of this country in in the world, in the the geopolitical uh, structure itself. It's, uh, you know, it's the fact that, in my opinion, I really do believe this, that we have... uh, a, a regime that's been put in place and not voted in, and that regime is incompetent. That regime is, has been bought by China, bought and paid for, and by the Ukraine. And, you know, I think that uh, when you have the three-letter agencies that are spending more time being worried about people who are basically America-loving individuals and worrying more about destroying their lives than they are about protecting the them as they are supposed to be doing. Um, I think it's pretty normal to be upset and angry, and of course they use that against you when you know you're angry. You're going to do something, but that's obviously a lie. I mean, you're you, you can be angry and and not want to blow up the universities. That's the left. That's the weather underground. That's not it's not uh, the Tea Party people or you know the ad- average uh, constitutional conservative. You know, but. Anyway, I know I'm preaching to the choir, and I wanted to say that because all these things, again, are being done intentionally, and that includes COVID. That includes COVID as a deliberate release of a bioweapon. That includes the release of the second bioweapon, which was the vaccine, and we're seeing the we're seeing the results of that. We're seeing people, you know, um, unexpectedly died and suddenly died, and uh, 
the percentages of cancer, the rates of cancer, the rates of um, uh, stillborn babies, the rates of miscarriages, you know, are drastically increasing. And there's one common component of evil that is prolonging it, enabling it, and participating in it, and that is the mainstream media. You know, so I think the most dangerous element is not necessarily our government. It's the mainstream media because they are the ones that cause inaction. They're the ones that cause uh, um, disagreements, um, hate. You know, they, they, they'd love to throw that word around, hate, if you don't agree with them. Uh, but the real hate is is on that side. And we know that because we see you know, how mocking they are and how uh, they attack things that are actually the good, the right. They attack the good, they attack the right, and they support the uh, liars, the criminals, the thieves, the the people who want this country destroyed. So COVID in particular, um, I want to mention to you that, you know, I've, I've got some really great people who are involved in, and who asked me actually to do this project. So I want to show you that this is the the group, uh, Scott Shara and Cindy Shara and Jessica Vander Hayden, who are the family of Grace Shara, who passed away at 19. She had Down syndrome. She was basically, in my opinion, murdered at the hospital. Uh, and those uh, those three have been absolutely amazingly strong and wonder, wonderful to work with and an honor to work with. And being that I'm not a production house or I don't have all the, the, the greatest equipment and everything else, it's really been a, um, I don't know what you'd call it, a real uh, genuine uh, experience. And I think that comes across in the documentary. You know, it's, it's not meant to be a Hollywood production but it's a very personal type of look into Grace's case in particular, but all of the cases that are that are have occurred and are still occurring because of uh, this new world order, this global genocide that people like Bill Gates are advocating. And if you haven't seen the footage of Bill Gates saying he thinks the population should be around 500 million and... Uh, you know, the rest of the people need to go away. Well, that footage is out there. Um, then we have Robert and Wendy uh, Pazer, who are people who um, really went through the same type of process that Grace went through. But fortunately, Scott was there to basically save Robert's life. So you, you heal, you'll hear that story as well. Then we have you know, three individuals that really bring it home. And that uh, uh, Aaron Olszewski is an RN, and Dr. Robert Bartlett, who I mentioned before, and then Vera Sharav, who is a Holocaust survivor. And um, those three, man, they have some powerful, powerful stuff. They have some bombs uh, that are going to be dropped in this documentary. So really, if you can, uh, stay tuned, and we'll let you know when this is coming out. So one thing I wanted to show you is that this whole idea of genocide, this whole idea of 
you know, reducing the population has happened before. It's It's been here before. I'm going to get rid of this because it's bleeding through. Um, back in the 1920s and 30s, we had George Bernard Shaw, and I forgot when this was actually film, uh, filmed, but, um, uh, you know, George Bernard Shaw, he's a famous playwright, and here he is, and he's talking about his views. I never know exactly how to make my opinion clear, because I object to all punishment whatsoever. I don't want to punish anybody. But there are an extraordinary number of people whom I want to kill. Not in any unkind or personal spirit, but it must be evident to all of you, you must all know half a dozen people at least, who are no use in this world, who are more trouble than they are worth. And uh, I think it would be a good thing to uh, make everybody come before a properly appointed board, just as he might come before the income tax commissioners, and say every five years or every seven years, just put him there and say, sir or madam, now will you be kind enough to justify your existence? If you can't justify your existence, if you're not pulling your weight in the social boat, if you're not producing as much as you consume, or perhaps a little more, then uh, clearly uh, we cannot use the big organization of our society uh, for the purpose of keeping you alive because your life does not benefit us and it can't be of very much use to you. It can't be of very much use to you is what he ends with. If you didn't hear that, it cuts out there at the end. So yeah, so that is the insanity that has really never gone away but that is the insanity that is now in power. That is the insanity in the name of environmentalism that is now now in power. And instead of attacking the true environmental issues where the sources are, which is going to be China and India, uh, they use it as a club against the citizens of the Western civilization because the whole goal is to destroy Western civilization. At the same time, you'll notice that uh, the vaccines and the efforts that uh, the protocols, uh, that didn't hit the Middle East, that didn't hit the, uh, it didn't hit Africa. Why not? And the answer to that is because they want to destroy Western civilization first because it's us that can stop this. It's us that can stop this. So that is why they're attacking us. That's what I believe. I'd love to hear from you and what you believe. And uh, you can do that again at redbloodedpatriots at protonmail.com. You can do that at my on my social media sites. And one more time, I just want to mention here before I go that... Um, we're going to have this dialed in segment and we're going to have the live chat working towards that. And hopefully that comes out. Okay. And, um, get that going again in April. That's what that's slated for, but, uh, like to have the live interaction and, and maybe have a dial in number. I'd like to hear your thought on that as well. So that is the show for today. That is the dialed in logo. Look for that. I'll have that out on my social media and you can take an opportunity to talk to me about that. So next week, um, I'm going to have Colonel John Mills on. 
We're going to talk about China. We're going to talk about Ukraine. We're going to talk about what the United States should or shouldn't do, what the what the likely things that the United States will do are, and so on. So I'm looking forward to that. Colonel John Mills, he's uh, going to be on, as I said, next week. Uh, until then, we will see you uh, 4 p.m. on the next week.